You're as cold as ice. You're willing to sacrifice our love. All right, everyone. It's time for another episode of the Ice Cold Takes podcast. This week, I'm joined by the ultimate roaster of professional sports teams, urinating tree. It's only fitting since the Rangers suffered two embarrassing losses this past week, one to the Oilers in overtime and one to the Flames 6-0. Leaving Rangers Twitter in shambles, now, urin- now urinating tree gets to put the nail in the coffin. Anyways, thanks for joining me. How are you? I'm doing all right, man. It's a beautiful Wednesday outside. Can't really complain. How are you doing, man? Doing pretty well. Uh, I mean, the Rangers somehow pulled off a, an upset over the Florida Panthers on Monday who had not lost the game in regulation so far this year. I think they were like 10-0-1. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the Rangers rattled off four four straight goals uh, to start the game for, for nothing going into the, the third period, I believe. And, um, you know, they kind of let it get close. They got let it get really close. The Panthers uh, scored two in the final minute to make it 4-3, and the Rangers held on, but they didn't feel good about the – you know the victory uh but i mean a win is a win some would say but it wasn't pretty uh okay. yeah but uh anyways uh i just wanted to ask you like how did you get into your your roasting like how did you start your youtube, oh, the YouTube stuff it's a perfect coincidence i don't think it was anything like deliberate it's just like one thing led to another and then another and then another like i had stopped doing youtube for a long time like i was just you know going about life doing my you know real world stuff you could say per se I was just sitting around waiting tables getting bored with life and then i just you know I, it was actually weird it was the 2016 election that kind of caught me back into it and <laughs> i just did like some random rambling about you know how like everything was biased and bullshit and it was like i was thinking okay it's only going to be like a one-off and i'll go back to doing what i'm doing and then you know you get that spark that comes back it's like you know what feel pretty good and then he just keeps going into different things different things and rattles off into just general potpourri and then you once in a while you realize the cleveland browns are about to go in 16 this was before like 2017 this was uh um like the chargers had lost to them so they became a one in 15 team and they had um I figured I'd just make a video trying to bridge like the current era with a video I had saw like a little bit ago. It was called Only in Cleveland, the history of the Browns before the merger. But problem was it ends right as the Haslam era starts. So there's no like, I mean, I, what I tried to do is try to bridge. So like, at least maybe there's like a sort of like a fusion between what that is and what it is now. And so I expected that to be a one-off. And unfortunately, what happened next is the Jacksonville Jags uh, bottomed out, well, before this pastime. But I know they had um, – I had been sitting there. I was like, this is stupid. And I just realized, like, why don't I just make a video on it? And then it became a three-minute video, and I just rolled. It's kind of like, you know, the snowball effect where yep. it just, like, you start out small and then it just rolls into something greater. That's what I felt like it turned into. I did not expect to be doing this, like, five years down the road. I mean, I'm surprised that <laughs> I haven't been banned from YouTube yet, to be completely honest with you. But, uh, I mean, I'll take it for what it is. I mean, I don't know how long I'm going to be doing this for, considering, you know, YouTube's very unstable in general. But just take it one day at a time. That's all you can do. 
Well, that is true that YouTube is unstable. I wouldn't say that, you know, you're the channel that's going to get, you know, kicked off the, off the, off the app or whatever. Never know. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I've seen some pretty crazy stuff like, um, like monetization issues about like cursing and stuff. And it's oh, yeah. just like, and then some people don't even say anything. And then it's just like, all right, now nah, you're, this this episode of this video is demonetized or whatever. Yeah. YouTube's getting rid of visible dislikes now, and it's like, really, this this isn't gonna oh, do anything. They're worried okay. about dislike. That's launch. actually happening. Yeah, okay. it just happened. Yeah. Like uh, there was a rumor for a while they're coming out with it now. It said this comes after wow. lots of research, testing, and consideration. No, what happened was like a bunch of like corporations, the White House. Uh, YouTube got pissy about their dislike mob on the rewind, and they're also a bunch of makeup artists that flipped out over it. That it, they're worried about dislike mobs. That's all it is. Gotcha, gotcha. Stupid. Yeah, I guess yeah. It's the it's the it's the like the dislike ratio. Mm-hmm. And it spawns like all those people saying ratio on Twitter that just go into troll accounts and stuff. There's a lot of troll accounts on uh, on Twitter that just say like ratio. That's all they tweet and stuff like. Oh that. yeah. Oh, they yeah. always do that. I've gotten that a couple but times. I, I, I'm going to say, so like based on your YouTube channel, I'd say like my favorite videos are like the ones on the Mets. Like that's my team, the Mets and the low Mets every single year, the yearly low Mets. It just, it gets me every single time. Uh, I thought this year was going to be different. I really did. I did too. I did too. New owner, no more, no more coupons or mm-hmm. Wilpons. And uh, you know, same old shit. And like, it fell off in know? August and I'm like, I'm, that's disappointing. Did you now about- they get to see another NL East rival win a world series i know i didn't even watch the world series it's just so disgusting for me like i'm just like no i can't watch this man let the braves win (laughs) the braves were a likable team i know yeah they didn't even have a cunha and they won and i was just like you know what whatever the the mets Mm -hmm. deserve this punishment because they suck so bad like you know let it let them see a real team win you know what i mean did you did you hear about like what happened with lindor and mcneil this year Oh, like apparently they had uh like there was a they tried to downplay it i think they talked about like a rat and like there was like oh that's the reason why everything is like no there actually was a legit fight in the locker room like they had like each other or something like that yeah it was a it was a raccoon they said and then i heard the other day um that uh from some instagram account someone tweeted like or uh posted you know lindor got pissed at mcneil's defensive positioning and he you know grabbed his throat and pinned him up against the wall in the tunnel. If I remember correctly, I think like uh, McNeil was flipping out at Lindor on the field. Like he had mentioned something like snide in terms of like his fielding and positioning. And then they got Mm. into an argument. They went down. So they, it was just a cover. Like, I feel like people like knew it off the record, but they didn't want to tell anybody. The problem is if they tell people they lose their, uh, they lose their press uh, privileges. So, Mm. There's a yeah, lot of shit just, we don't know. <laughs> that's, just, that's all I have to say. Mets dysfunctional as always. Someone mm-hmm. made like a March Madness bracket of all like the ridiculous stuff that happened. There's like 64 events. And like, I think there's still some that are left off of that list. It's like any, any extreme from like Francisco Rodriguez beating his fa- father-in-law to Johannes Cespedes falling into a hole while escaping from a wild, from a boar, wild boar on his ranch. Yes. Yeah. Like, crazy hand foot and mouth disease oh so so bad for for the Mets uh but anyways on to the Rangers um 
what do you think so far of, of like the Rangers and the Penguins so far this year? The Metro division is very it's competitive. Very it's like, I'm, I'm surprised by a few teams. I did not expect Columbus to be this good. I expected yeah, no, them to be like, oh, they're just going to start over. They're doing things differently. It kind of feels right. like the anti-John Tortorella effect in a way. Like that sort of rallying cry over losing Matisse Kivlanax. And also with, um, you know, losing Tortorella, losing Seth Jones. Like they've lost a lot of players, but they've had some guys step up. I don't know if it's going to be sustainable. Cole Sillinger looks really good, though. I yeah, Cole Sillinger that. looks like he's going to be a good player in the league for a mm-hmm. while. He's still young. He's still young. Right, he's, he's 18. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. Just drafted, fresh out, of, fresh out of the draft. And, like, you know, that's always an exciting story to, like, to see, and we'll get into that more with like the Rangers, like the young talent, maybe the Red Wings too. But uh, that's always a nice story seeing like the the guy that's in their first year that's just lighting the lamp like crazy. I mean, you have like your McDavid, Austin Matthews, guys like that. Even last year, Kaprizov too, who was a beast. Oh yeah, uh, coming out. Of I'm glad Russia. he was able to be brought back. Like I, that would have oh, been yeah. brutal if yeah. they went to Russia. That's another exciting team, Minnesota. They got a lot of young talent, and you know, I think. I think it mixes well with some of their older, with their older guys. Like they have Dumba, Jared Spurgeon's uh, mm-hmm. pretty good. Like they have, they have some older talent, like Zuccarello too is good. Yeah. And then like, and then Fiala, guys like that, uh, they're like, they've been around for a little longer, so they know what's up. But like Erickson Eck and, and Kaprizov is just a really nice combination, I'd mm-hmm. say, for, for Minnesota. Absolutely. Uh, the Penguins, the Penguins, though they are at the bottom of the Metro, they're like, they're still hanging on without they Malkin. Are. No Malkin. Crosby's been out for a couple instances. First, it's the wrist injury. Now he's out with COVID. I was actually at the Maple Leafs game and they crushed him. Like, I mean, I was more on Toronto. They were able to rebound, fortunately. But I do remember there was like, there was no Malkin, no Latang. He was out with COVID. No Crosby. Rust was injured. And I think Jake, no, not Gensel. It was uh, Jeff Carter. Jeff Carter was out with COVID. Mm-hmm. So they've had some rough losses. One to Minnesota where they gave up a goal with uh, less than a second left. So they ended up losing that game in overtime. They did come back uh, against yeah, yeah. Chicago last night. So there was a little bit of an issue there. I mean, Flurry came back to his old form, but at the same time, I don't know how much of this is because they're undermanned right now. I mean, you, you the Penguins have some of the worst center depth they've had in 10 years. I mean, oh yeah, I for mean, sure. I, gotta, I, I remember when they were like their best center was Mark Latestu. So that was like the year Tampa Bay uh, came back from a three games to one deficit. So there was that too. But I mean, they need like their stars back as this is pretty much their last chance year. If you look at their contracts, you have no Mal- uh, Malkin's a free agent after this year. Latang's a free agent after this year. Jeff Carter's a free agent after this year. Brian Rust is a free agent after this year. Mm-hmm. And Brian Rust, I wouldn't be shocked if he gets like a seven by seven, just because, uh, yeah, of, yeah. He's... just because he's a top light winger. He's Zach Hyman, but he has hands and he also has speed. So yeah, those things will be like than, yeah. than a grinding grinder. He's also a like grinder though. He he made his like his he made his hay as a grinder. Like he does the little things for a line. Yeah, Rust is definitely a good player. Uh, a lot of people chalk up like all the guys the Penguins have, all their depth guys to like, oh, they're good because they play with Crosby. Like, but, uh, I mean, Rust is still good if you take him away from Crosby. 
Exactly. I, That's like, what I, mean. I, I actually can, believe that. You can place Rust anywhere in a lineup. I mean, you can roll him fourth line. He can be a good grinder. He's done that before. You can roll him in the middle of six. You can put him on a top line. And I think you can get value from him anywhere in that sort of lineup. And that's why I think he's valuable to a franchise. I see, I see this kind of the same situation, but I mean, probably maybe a little less value with like Ryan Strom on the Rangers. A lot of people make the, make the argument that Strom's only good because he plays with Panarin on the same line, but Strom last year during COVID when Panarin had to go back to Russia for his uh, thing, um, he had like, he was over a point a game in like the 10 games that he missed. So 11 in 10 games without Panarin, he scored 11 points, which is, I mean, that's pretty good. Strom does have talent. I mean, yeah, he was once a top five pick. I think he was, I forget, like, I'm getting my Stroms confused. He was an Islander. He was in that Jordan Eberle trade, and then he underachieved in Edmonton. Rangers got him for cheap, and they were able to bring him back. Right, exactly. That's, that's, Brian Spooner. (laughs) Yeah, that was was a good trade for Edmonton. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Shirelli, Shirelli dropped the ball on that one, too, as he did old draft picks. Spooner yeah. was good for a while, and he just fell off. Yeah, he was good. He was he had a he was getting a lot of points for the Rangers yeah, when, after I mean, they they picked him up. More of an assistant, but like he put up. I'm looking it up on HockeyDB. He had 50 points in 15, 16, 13 goals. So it's more of a playmaker, but still, yeah, oof. right, yeah. And then he just he fell off. Yeah, I don't know he, what happened with him. It was just didn't get uh, the time in the lineup, and now he's in Europe. It looks like he's averaging a point a game for a Yekaterinburg in the khl so he's still doing all right all right yeah i mean but like i'll take i'll take my ryan strome but he's looks like he might ask for a lot of money this this offseason and you know the rangers just dished out a, a bunch of extensions uh first to shesterkin then to adam fox well lindgren first and then shesterkin adam fox and uh zabanajad got big contract extensions um, those were deserved though i mean adam fox oh, yeah, get for him sure. for nine and a half by seven even in this contract absolutely worth it uh huh. Yeah, he's like, he's. I made the joke the other day that you know, he should play like in every single position because he's actually like our best player, Adam Fox. Mm. Like the, the way he plays is just, Argue it's just unbelievable. He's one of the best defensemen in the NHL right now. Yeah, some make the argument that he is the best defenseman. I mean, Hedman's still still in his prime. You know, McCarr's yeah, Hedman, like Kale McCarr. Um, I can make the argument for. Yosem. Yossi, yeah, I can see Yossi. Yossi's probably top five, top ten. I don't know. I'd put yeah. Fox above Yossi. I'd probably yeah. say Aaron Ekblad. I'd put up there, too, when he's healthy. Aaron Ekblad's pretty good. Yeah. A lot of people don't think he was worth the first overall pick. I mean, yeah, oh, you could make absolutely that Absolutely was, dude. The problem is, like, uh, he's, he's in Florida and he hasn't stayed healthy. That's the reason why he hasn't yeah. had the, like, a claim that some other guys had. You could make the argument you picked Dreisaitl over him, but, I mean, I'd st- I'd, uh, Ekblad is fine. I, I think Ekblad's a great defenseman. I had yeah. no problems with him mm-hmm. at all. Yeah, gets a lot of points. And Florida is just uh even with the coaching change, they're just like they're they just didn't let that stop them. They're just on a roll. I yeah. really like how how their team is built. Like from absolutely from top line to bottom line, it's just you have a, a bunch of scoring depth and talent. And I mean, they could have made a deep run last year. They just ran into Tampa. That's the only exactly. reason why they lost in the first exactly. round. Exactly. And I think with Spencer Knight, once he gets like a full year of experience, he'll be a really, really good goalie. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest problem that they're going to face in the coming years is that Bobrovsky con- con- yeah. contract. I mean, it, it didn't make sense that they drafted the goalie this like literally 
right after they signed Bobrovsky to that to that thing to that contract. I mean, seven years. I mean, do you, you think gotta, your goal is going to take seven years? You got to worry goal? about goaltending development, though. You worry about him in the first couple of years. You transfer him, and then by the time the contract ends, you could probably flip him off for maybe prospects, or you can mm-hmm. retain salary, and then you just. I mean, you bring Spencer Knight in. Goaltenders are very hard to – they take the longest to develop, and they're some of the hardest to gauge. That's why yeah. they're always like guys like in later rounds and undrafted that become really good goaltenders, and then guys in the first round that just flame out. They're, like same thing with defensemen yeah. too. Like they're hard to gauge because there's a lot more mental, and it's a lot easier just to see like like a winger, for example, like or mm-hmm. a center because like, okay, you, you know what you're doing. Wingers are more offensive-minded. You can kind of get a better gauge on how they're doing in juniors unless they just stall in development and flop, which is very possible. It's a lot easier gotcha. to like find an elite winger than it is to say an elite goaltender. Right. Yeah. Like the Rangers drafted Shesterkin in the fourth round in mm-hmm. 2014, and he didn't play his first game until like the 1920 season. So that's like five years of development. And, stuff. Yep. and then even, yeah. even Lundqvist, Lundqvist too. was an eighth round pick. Yeah, exactly. And he, it took him until like what? Oh, six, maybe oh six, oh seven. But I mean, that's four years, which isn't too bad. I think I want to say Lungfist was drafted as an overager. Let me double check. Yeah, he was born I'm in not... 82. He was drafted in 2000. So yeah, he was 18, but it's seventh round pick, but still like yes. a seventh round pick for like a hall of fame caliber talent. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. The Rangers, I mean, we've, I've said this like a number of times on, on like our podcast, like uh, Benoit Lair, their goalie coach is like the goalie whisperer and like, you know, anything, any guy that's like in there, in their system that just turns into a pretty good goalie. Like Cam Talbot was good. Mm-hmm. Like uh, Ronta was a good goalie. Yep. Um, like we had Pavlik for a little bit and he was, st- he was still pretty good. Yeah. I personally it's argue Mitch Corn is the goalie whisperer, but Alaire is pretty good too. Is that the Penguins? Uh... No, that's the Islanders goalie coach. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Islanders, I mean. He was in Nashville. Yeah. He was in Washington for a while. And then. Uh, oh, okay. So he had. So, what, like, like, he's, he's developed some Renner. really good goaltenders like Vakun, Pekka Rene. I think he had a little bit of Yusei Soros. I don't think so. Uh, Chris Mason, Mike Dunham, uh, Ilya Samsonov, uh, Brayden Holpe. And then you have Robin Lehner, uh, Ilya Sorokin. Thomas yeah, Grice. Sorok- Sorokin's looking really good. Yeah, and Grice was like a big surprise for a while. Like, yeah. you know, he was he, he was, was a just penguin. Like a, he wasn't that good. He was a standard backup. And then once he came to the Islanders, it's just like, yeah, he was able to hold his own as a starter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a lot of that could you could chalk that up to like the defense because Barry Trotz is a good coach and you know, everything in front of the net is like he's got a clear lane to everything. Um, they don't Islanders are pretty stingy on defense. I mean, this year is a little different. They're struggling this year, but still technically a 500 uh, hockey club. Mm. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Anyways, the other one of the other things I want to ask in, in your um in your NHL video for like uh, like the on YouTube that like before the season started or whatever, um, you made the you made a note that the Rangers 
uh, added a bunch of grit in the offseason. Of course, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think of that whole narrative? You know, with I the think Tom they Wilson still thing? did overcompensate. I think I know, like, well, I think the Tom Wilson thing kind of like, I think this was more of a Dolan thing as well. Because remember, they fired their head coach, which they needed to, David Quinn. Oh, yeah, for sure. Bert. I don't know why they fired their GM and their like executive John Davidson. Cause it's just like, they were on the right track. This is year three of your rebuild. Like, I mean, it was a disappointing year, but I don't know if you can really consider it like the worst of the worst. I mean, you can fix mm-hmm. your grid issue in the off season, not overcompensate and throw a lot like a 10 F contract at about Barclay Goodrow, who could be pretty good, but I mean, that contract might hurt down the line. Ryan Reeves for a third round pick. You don't bring in Ryan Reeves just for the sake of it. You bring him in because he can beat up on Thomas. Right. And because exactly. like, they're yeah. just like doing like that sort of stuff. So, I mean, you think they, 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 Oh, sorry. Do you think like, they overcompensated? Like they added a little a, too much, a little too much. Yeah. They did need some grit, but I think they went a little too far with it. I think you, they kind of think what, the blade trade. Like the Buchnevich for Blay, what do you think? I didn't think like trading Buchnevich, but I mean, yeah. I I mean, the argument there was like, okay, you have Kraftsoff coming up, you have Lafreniere coming up, you have Capocaco coming up, but I I mean, I feel like Buchnevich is a talent you don't give up, although unless yeah. you have to. A lot of people feel the same way about. They would agree with you and and like the Rangers community. Uh, you know, I mean, I was upset to see him go, and then I I figured, you know, that trade is signaling, okay. There's no excuses. Lafreniere and Kako are going to be in the top six no matter what this year. I mean, a couple games where they're not haven't been in the top six, and then Kravtsov is not even on the team right now. He's actually in tractor in the KHL because he mm-hmm. didn't make the, the team out of uh, out of camp. And I mean, I thought that was always stupid that you know they he didn't look the greatest in preseason, but I don't think Libor Hayek is deserving of a roster spot over over not Libor Hayek. It's more like. Um... Dryden Hunt. No, any. Hunt looked pretty good. I mean, I, I mean, mm. he hasn't scored any any like I mean he's yeah, scored a goal, he's more like a like bottom looked, six type. That's what I'm trying to say there. Yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, the Rangers decided to go with 13 forwards and um and eight defensemen instead of 14 forwards and seven defensemen. Yeah. Um, I don't think I don't think that was necessary. I thought I think 14 forwards is preferable because I mean Hayek has hadn't even gone into a game yet, and he actually just got sent down on Monday for conditioning to Hartford and that clause, like, because he's going down for conditioning, he's not like on waivers. So like yeah, in two weeks, so he has coming like back a week or two, you bring him back, get a play a few games. Right. I don't even know if they're going to start him. Yeah. Maybe if injuries happen, if one of our guys yeah. gets injured, God, God forbid, but like, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm concerned about like the production from Lafreniere and, and Kako, like, cause they haven't been getting many points and, I don't know what you could what you could attribute that to if they're like nervous or if you know they really are bust. Some people say that. I don't think they're bust. Mm. It just I, I think it's like a mental thing. You no, know, a lot know. of people liked Kako coming out. He's just like he had a really rough opening year, which is it, he's eighteen. It's fine. Right, uh, and he's from like, Finland I, too. Yeah, and he he'd never been to the United States before, all by himself, learning the language, stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't think he did too well last year, but a lot of people like cited the analytics saying he was like good defensively. But yeah, I'm he surprised was, he has he a was. goose egg in nine games. I mean, I expected him to at least you know put up like forty this year. Yeah, you know, I I would. That's what I would like to see. I it's just it, it's kind of frustrating to see like some people are losing their patience. Yeah, I mean, but, he's I mean, twenty he, though. 
Like you can't, yeah, you, 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 like sometimes you take until your early twenties to really get a guy like Gage, like Lafreniere. It's too early to tell. Philip Heedle, it's still too early to tell. Yeah, Heedle. Right before he he got um he he got injured, like in the game against Edmonton, he looked like insane. He looked great. Um, and then Sammy Blay ran into him against Calgary, and now he's day to day, and everyone's losing their minds over that. Because yeah. I, I think Heedle, I think Heedle's like the closest out of all those guys, like all of our younger guys, to like you know breaking out. Because he's had some, he's been in the league for a little bit, for a little while, a few years now. He's had some success uh, with goal scoring. Um, I mean, I think he just needs to stay healthy, and then mm-hmm. that more points will come, and hopefully he could become a, a second line center because that's what they're banking on. After this year, we don't know if we're going to be able to afford Strom. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at like Heedle's probably going to be like um, RFA eligible. Kako's going to be RFA eligible, but at this right. rate, I mean, you're not really going to have to pay him much. He might be exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, I probably wouldn't. I would probably wouldn't trade trade that unless I know. That's what I mean, unless you're amazing. like getting like a Jack Eichel type, which is like yeah. I, that was the guy they were probably going to have to give up to get Eichel. That was probably yeah. the main centerpiece. It was probably going to have to be him, Keandre Miller. And probably two firsts, mm. something like that's that. That's a that's a bold take. A lot of people. I mean, the 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 um the return they ended up getting for for like, Eichel was it was, it was, was okay. It was okay, but they could have gotten more if they didn't. Yeah. You know, if, they, they could have gotten more earlier in the summer when he was able to have surgery. So right. Buffalo, uh, like exactly. Buffalo, botched it in Vegas. I feel like it's getting way too desperate to try and win a cup because I feel like it's like okay, we're this close to getting to a cup if we get our top line center and Jack Eichel. We're going to be the promised land. But they said this last year with Alex Petrangelo. They said this a couple of years ago with Pacioretty and Mark Stone. So, like, the problem is how much can you give up before everything falls apart? Because you've drained your prospect pool. Yeah, and all their picks, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, they don't have a lot there. They don't mm-hmm. have a lot there. They're pretty much banking on, like, all the guys they have right there to just come together and, and get the job done. I mean y- – I like their team. I think it's 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 a solid team. Definitely has a great chance of winning the cup. Yeah, but I mean, you have to see what the happens. The cup is very tough. I mean, with Vegas too, they have no depth right now. So mm. where are you going to get that depth of the deadline? You're probably trading mid round picks to hopefully get some guys to bring in, or maybe your guys get healthy. I mean, they are without Pacioretty and Stone, so there is a lot of issue there. But at the same time, I mean. It might involve another coaching change because I feel like Vegas is getting to the point where they're like getting very impatient. Mm-hmm. So maybe a guy like John Tortorella would do well for them. Tortorella or um, I was going to say Gerard Gallant jokingly, but he's, <laughs> he's on what the was Gallant doing with the Rangers, by the way. Um, I've always liked I him think, as a coach. Yeah. He's I, I think so like, the, okay. Against Edmonton, we, we had a four, one lead against them. Right. And, and McDavid then we, blew, goal. we McDavid goal happened, which is like unbelievable. I can't even get mad at that because literally that's like one of the best things I've ever seen. Oh yes. One of the, the best goals, like literally once he started moving super fast, turning on the jets, I knew he was scoring. It's like shades of like early to uh, late two thousands Malkin when he would like go through four defenders and just score a goal. Like randomly. Oh my God. There was shit. no stopping McDavid on that goal. But anyways, um, the, one of the big stories before that game was Lafreniere was, placed on the fourth line and he ended up like with like less than 10 minutes of ice time that game. I think he had like eight or nine minutes, something around that. Um, And one of the reporters asked him, 
like, okay, what, like, what's the deal with that or whatever? Like, why do you do that? And he gave like an elaborate answer. It's not to, he said like, it's not to send a message. We just think he should be, he, we want to see a little bit more out of him. Um, you know, I want to, I guess like maybe if they play him with guys that aren't as good as like Panarin or whatever, they want to see what he could do by himself. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I, for me, I think it's like, it's a message. Even mm-hmm. though he said it's it wasn't a message, I think he, that he was trying to send a message. But anyways, after the game, uh, the same reporter asked him and brought up a quote from like the preseason. Gallant had mentioned, you know, okay, I don't think our young young players don't get anything out of playing on the fourth line. That's what he said before the season. So she starts bringing that up, and then he and then she, the um, yep, he puts him on the fourth line. Then she's like, okay, so what what do you what do you think of like putting him on there for and only using him for nine minutes and then like he interrupts her and was like come on you're gonna do that like he you could see he was very frustrated he was pissed off it was like a pretty it was like uh i didn't even i forget what the word is but like irked no it was probably yeah it was uh unprofessional Mm. unprofessional it was it was the way it was jeez like yeah, that's not, not an unprofessional question. I mean, that is like it was. Yeah, exactly. It was a it was pretty valid question. Like she was saying, like how how he thought, and I guess I think Gallant was just pissed off. Was just pissed off that you know yeah. that they, he didn't want to hear it. Like you know, the Lafreniere playing ten minutes didn't make or break the result of that game. It was just mm-hmm. like you know the defense kind of collapsed or whatever. You, you maybe you could chop up some of the goals to the goalie Georgiev or whatever. Yeah. But I mean. It is a valid question, but a lot of people didn't like what he had to say about that. Mm-hmm. And then on um, Monday, after the Rangers beat Florida, instead of saying like, okay, yeah, this is a great win. We should be happy or whatever. He said, no, nah, we didn't like the way that game ended. We didn't like the way we played towards the end. And, you know, that needs to change. And then a lot of people were siding with him for that. And I agree with that. I think that's that's, yeah, I mean, that's a good message. You have to play a full 60 minutes. So the Rangers absolutely. got outshot attempted like 90 to 30 oh yeah 90 to 30 you can't and just block shots all the time i mean mm-hmm. coaches love that stuff but you can't give up 90 shot attempts yeah like how like you got to look at the time of possession like florida was just the ice was tilted towards the rangers like in the first period and like the third period ice was just tilted towards like in the rangers zone rangers had a barrage of goals in the in the second period yeah but like i mean that's it that's mm-hmm. it. Like there's pretty much nothing after that. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, like to answer your question about Gallant, I, I'd say I like him better than Quinn, which is, uh, I mean, it's pretty yeah, easy. It's not saying much. And it's not saying much, but I mean, compared to what we had, like David Quinn made Kako stay after practice to practice dumping and chasing the puck. Ooh. That's like, that's like, like chains to, I don't even know how to dump and chase you use for fast bottom six types. That's something you work on. That's something you do when you're winning a game in like the final minutes or whatever. Well, that, or as I said, using like a bottom six, you're trying to create some offensive cycling. That's what you do. You do a jump and chase and then you cycle the puck that you do that with speedy players. But Kako is not that kind of player. He's, he's, he's talented. That's the reason they, yeah, that's the reason they drafted him is to like to, to make these unbelievable plays to, to get into the zone, to work the corners, uh, to, you know, work the defenseman and, and start the cycle. You know what I mean? Like, it's just that when you do that, it's, it kind of takes away from, it does take away from 
the confidence of the player. It's like, all right, I can't do this. So now I have to do this BS. Like I have to do this basic hockey crap mm-hmm. then, that I don't want to do that. I'm not supposed to be doing. And then Gallant is like, he's, he's a player's coach. Some would describe him as, so, I mean, he doesn't punish for, he's not punishing for not following exactly what he says. Like he wants them to make stuff happen. Mm-hmm. And if you look at, I don't know if you saw Keandre Miller's goal from the other night, no. he went and he went end to end. So he mm-hmm. went end to end on the, uh, on the Panthers went around the defenseman, uh, Mackenzie Weger, unbelievable move. And he, and he scored a goal. Like this is something that like Rangers fans have been looking for because the scouting report says this kid's got offensive talent as a defenseman. And we have yet to see it pretty good defensively, but we haven't seen anything offensively. And that was really like his statement. Like, yeah, this is the, this is what I could do Mm -hmm. under Quinn. We wouldn't have seen that for sure. We would not have seen that. Yeah, but that definitely makes sense. Right. Um, and the last thing that I wanted to get into, I mean, you, you compared like the development of the young talent. The Penguins went through their phase of rebuilding. Like yes. they, they had, they got high draft picks, Flurry, mm-hmm. Jordan Stahl, Evgeny Malkin, Sidney Crosby, Malkin. all those guys, right? And then they were able to, you know, kind of piece it all together. What point, like, do you think they they were able to do that? Like, they were probably able to do that 2006, 2007, and they had plenty of growing pains. And it's a lot of stuff off the ice because the Penguins sucked also because they were broke. If you look at a lot of the trades they uh, made at the time, trading superstars like Alexi Kovalev, Martin Straka, uh, Robert Lang, I think was a free agent, if I remember correctly. They let him go, Yager as well. The prize wasn't the prospects in return. It was the cash. Because if I remember correctly, Alexei Kovalev was like the big return. And that was $5 million in cash that they were able to survive. Because <laughs> like, like, like yeah. your top return in that was like Rico Fada. And it's like, uh, okay. Because <laughs> Rico oh. Fada could skate like the wind, but he could do nothing else. That dude's hands were made yeah. of stone. <laughs> Kovalev was a great player. He I mean, he, play, he started with the player. Rangers. Mm-hmm. Excellent player. Yeah, great career. That guy was incredible. He was yep. like one of the few Rangers forwards they drafted with a first rounder that panned out. That's been the theme over the past couple of weeks. It's just like, you know, going back and looking at the Rangers just suck with drafting first round forwards. Like well, the last time we got a bad luck, like Alexi Chirpanov. Yeah. Like, I mean, that dude would have probably been. A great oh, player. yeah. He, he had a lot of talent. That, guy, that kid was great. And then it was just unfortunate what happened yeah. to him in Russia. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, they 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 dropped the ball with guys like Jessamin, Jamie Lundmark, Pavel Brendel, those mm-hmm. guys. Not drafting Tarasenko instead of like they had Dylan McElrath they took over Tarasenko. Yeah. They could have had. That's a that's a big deal. You can't make a mistake like that. That's a fireable, fireable like decision. And I think I'm pretty sure that the whoever's in charge of the department at the time, they probably got cut or whatever. Yeah, maybe. But, I know as as I was saying, like 06, 07 was kind of the time. And that was like what year three or four. 05, 06 was supposed to be the big year. They brought in a bunch of different like veterans as well. Sergey Gonchar, Ziggy Palfi, John McClare, Mark Recchi, Lyle Odelines. They brought in these veterans to hopefully fill out like the 0304 squad, give them depth and they, they fell off because Lemieux retired in the middle of the season permanently due to his injuries. Like Ziggy Palfi vanished. Like he went back to the Czech Republic. Um, Leclerc kind of, you know, he had a hard decline. Recky still was a thing, but there were a lot of issues with that team, especially with development depth. 
So it took until like Malkin and Crosby came in and Crosby was in that year, but he still had a good bit of development to do, Mm -hmm. even though he was still really good coming out. I think the problem is too, like who's going to be like your superstar talent. I mean, you've got a couple of them, Panarin really good. Sabanajad really good. Adam Fox, really good. So you have the pieces there. It's just building that identity and fleshing it out. And I think Gallant can do that. The question is going to be that, uh, can it like, I don't know if it's going to be this year or next year or that, but I feel like I, it's not the time to get impatient yet if I'm mm-hmm. a Rangers fan, because I mean, yeah. it's only year four. I mean, most rebuilds take about what, five to seven years, especially in hockey. And some of them okay, don't even pan out. Look at Buffalo. Buffalo tanked for McDavid in 2015 and they're back to tanking again. The Coyotes <laughs> did the same thing and they're tanking again because it did not work out. It made too many mistakes. So you got to be careful with that sort of stuff, especially like being too rash or too like, or too impatient because that'll just send you back years if you're not careful. I mean, you could look at like the Red Wings. Mm -hmm. I mean, they had that long ass playoff streak of 20 plus years. And now, now they went like they were at finished at the bottom of the league for a number of years. They were rock bottom. And I mean, they're starting to bring it back as well, but it's a while. It took the, you know, now they have Iserman and you know he's like just an incredible general manager. The Iser plan. I'm just, still surprised he came back. I thought he was he wasn't because his loyalties were to Mr. I. I think as I said, like if his wife weren't still alive, I don't think he would have come back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but like everything he's done for the, the Red Wings so far has just been in, in incredible. I mean, mm-hmm. Verona, Jacob Verona, that trade was that's a pretty good trade. Capitalizing on Mantha's value. I think that's a pretty good trade. Uh, and you got draft- an extra first from, um, you know, eating Richard Ponick's contract too. And then you flip that to Nicoletti. Right. Yeah. That's a smart move. You utilize the cap space that you have, like, cause you know, you're probably not going to be the greatest team. So you might as well just eat someone's salary so you can get an extra asset or two, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, that was good. The Nadelkovich trade was, a, it was a fleece, a literal bag of bag of pucks for like yep. one of the top, a Calder nominee. That's like, on incredible. Carolina though. So yeah, that's on Carolina, <laughs> but I mean, I don't know how he's able to pull that off. And then you look at their other guys like Lucas Raymond, uh, mm-hmm. more cider. Um, they're, they're doing so well this year. And I mean, I don't know if like they bring this back to the Rangers and the Penguins, like, when you say like the rebuild is over, is that like, okay, do the players figure it out themselves or does it have something to do with the coach? I feel like it has just a multitude of factors in that regard. Like it's in sustained uh, winning it's in playoff berths. It's in, you know, just like making sure like that year isn't a fluke. I mean, we all thought New Jersey's rebuild was over after they made the playoffs fell off again. Nope. And then they have to rebuild that. And that's why you have to be careful if you don't have sustained, like, playoff berths and you don't have that sustained success you're still like you can argue the rebuild didn't work out so Detroit is still rebuilding they're kind of where the Rangers were about two years ago as in like okay Okay. this is when you're starting to rebuild get things back on track you're starting to get that winning you're starting to get that talent that young talent is starting to develop and that's what they're kind of like going for right now and it's going to take some time for them for you, it's about taking that next step towards a playoff berth. I don't know if it's going to happen this year just because of how tight the, uh, the you know, yeah. the Metro is this year. Yeah, this is like it. I mean, it just really is like the toughest division. Every team is very balanced and competitive. Mm-hmm. You could say equally at this at this point in time that every 
all the teams right now, the way they're playing, they just have a good chance of, of like making yes. the playoffs. I mean, Columbus, like I didn't expect them to, to do, like you said, they, they, they acquired all this young talent. They drafted Cole Stone, yeah, traded, acquired Bachwist, right? Yep. Uh, uh, Adam Bokefist for the Seth Jones trade. Yep. Right. And they got a, a couple picks from there. Like I thought they were just folding the table. You get rid of, uh, you get rid of torts. Um, you know, I, they're turning some heads this year so far. Uh, I mean, the goalie's is good. Corpus Al is a good goalie. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the other thing, like the Kivlenics thing, uh, they're probably rallying around that. And I mean, that kind of brings a locker room together. Uh, and that's a good story, but like, I mean, no one expected them to be good. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, it is competitive. Like really. Uh, oh, very. I didn't expect the Islanders to be Islanders or the Penguins to be at the bottom. If anything, I expected Columbus and New Jersey to be. At, it's still the early though. So it's, Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. It's early. Um, I mean, and then you go around the league and then you see like teams like Montreal that went to the cup finals. They're last in the division. Buffalo is ahead of them. Uh, Ottawa is, is down there, even though they look to be making some sort of improvement. Colorado is like, is not where they are, but again, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right. Yeah, it is too early because these teams should be like Colorado should be at the top of the, the league. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right. As I said, it's too early too. I mean, Colorado's having some struggles right now. Vegas is having some struggles right now. Montreal's fallen off and same as Tampa Bay. I think a lot of that also has to do with the short off season they had. Like there's limited rest as well for those teams. So, I mean, Tampa Bay starting to bring it back, but Montreal is just, they've, they've fallen hard and it's definitely understandable because I mean, You've lost so much talent in the offseason. Uh, Shea Weber and like Carey Price, like they're the, the soul of your franchise. They're gone. Price is coming back, but he's dealing with substance abuse. So he'll probably take a little bit of time to get back and recover as well to get back into game form. So, yeah, I mean, it, there's not much you can do there, unfortunately, especially right. if you're in Montreal. Right. Do you have like a, a, a prediction for who, who wins the cup this year, who comes out mm. of each conference? I don't know, man. I mean, it's way too early to tell, especially with hockey. It's such a crapshoot. It's like I can make oh, an yeah, educated yeah. guess and just be like, okay, um, Toronto, uh, Carolina, uh, let's go, you know, Colorado and, 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 you know, Vegas. And then I could just say those teams and be like, okay. Yeah. I think yeah, it's too it's too early now. We got to wait until like around the trade deadline for when the competitive teams like get their shit together and realize, all right, yeah, yeah, this is not we're not doing too well right now. We have to we have to make the playoffs. We have to come together and you know get this shit done or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's I think that's like really the, around the t- like the Olympic break, All Star break around that time is is a good judgment to see where yes. where a team is at. A couple of weeks after the all-star break or the, I mean, the Olympic break this year, mm-hmm. I would, I would say that. Um, but anyways, is there anything else you want to add before we wrap it up? No, definitely not. Unfortunately. I mean, otherwise, like, I mean, it's too, I mean, most of it's still in that formation stage. The hockey season's gone pretty quickly and I think it's been pretty good so far, but at the same time, I mean, there's been a lot of like uh, dark moments that you don't really want to talk about, but that's unfortunately something that had to come to the light. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for, ha- uh, thanks for joining me, uh, Mr. Tree. Absolutely. Man. Uh, this you. is good. This, this was good. Um, I had a great time. Um, 
you could you guys make sure you guys follow urinating tree on twitter what's it what's your at uh, twitter is uh, at urinating tree youtube's urinating tree i do it i have an instagram urinating underscore tree but i barely post on there it's more just okay. for general stuff nothing too crazy there you go yeah we have uh we have a couple of like you know shit posters on in uh in the rangers community that just oh, yeah. you know like to troll and stuff they probably got their influence from you <laughs> uh but anyways yeah thanks again for coming on and uh stay tuned for next week ice cold takes listeners thanks everyone for tuning in stay tuned for more new york rangers info by visiting boysandblue94.com and our instagram at the boys and blue 94 see you all next time you don't have to go home but you can't stay